This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamualaikum, hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. It's been counted as one of the coolest travel destinations of 2019, and today you're going to be discovering Pakistan in a way that you've never seen it before. We're going to be delving deep into the sublime beauty of its landscape, its rich history, the incredible food, its welcoming people, and so much more. Plus, we'll be learning about the secret of the Hunza Valley, which is considered one of the world's blue zones where people live long, healthy, and vibrant lives. Travel writer and photographer Kabul Wazir Mir is joining me next to talk the beauty and wonder of Pakistan right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. 95. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. All day, every day. Pulse 95. Heart of Shasha. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Pakistan was ranked the world's top travel destination for 2018 by the British Packpacker Society, which described it as one of the friendliest countries on earth with mountain scenery that is beyond anyone's wildest imagination. And here to help us discover more about this extraordinary and diverse place, I'm so excited to welcome to the studio blogger and photographer... Kabul Wazir Mir. Check him out, everybody. We're on Instagram Live. Take a look. Incredible. I love this. Um, Hani, if you don't mind, just go kind of from top to bottom um, so that everyone can check out the hat and uh, the whole outfit there. Kabul, welcome. Hello. So great to have you. Thank you for having me on board. <laughs> um, I love that you dressed up for today because I asked you to. <laughs> you did. <laughs> because, you know, let's talk about this. Pakistan, you know, everybody that's going to hear you talk now is going to be like, okay, so um, he doesn't sound Pakistani. <laughs> but tell us a bit more about yourself and where this, um, where this love affair with Pakistan started? So, I was born and raised in the UK, Bolton, near Manchester, many, many years ago. And uh, I I stumbled upon Pakistan. Actually, my father was a kind of adventurer himself. And what he did was, back in the 80s, he decided to go uh, take us on a journey of, wow, of magnitude proportions. Um, He, we embarked on a journey from Karachi from the UK to Karachi and from Karachi by train to Peshawar. That's a two days and two nights. Wow. We saw the length and breadth of Pakistan there. How incredible. Tell us more about what you saw. Well, um, from lush valleys to mountain peaks and everything in between. Um, as you can imagine, the rail the rail was like slow but steady and, you know, you, you get to see raging, roaring rivers and then you see pockets of deserts and then you see these, uh, you know, incredible landscapes um, that defy imagination. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely unbelievable. And and this is the thing. You decided actually to make this your focus and your passion. And so then did you start traveling to Pakistan and discovering for yourself? And, and what happened after that first initial encounter? So I decided 
years later to to go back to you know my my parents heritage and and find out what it was all about and uh, as i grew uh, as i grew of coming came of age i um i came to peshawar uh which is the frontier capital of kp and i just fell in love with the place um because you know uh, being raised in a, in a, in a, in an environment like the uk for instance you don't see many people of my of my heritage and ethnic background which are the pashtuns and so when i went there i instantly got connected and i was like wow this is my mother's tongue i need to get involved so and and i also did a few humanitarian missions in the region and as a result from there i went to the north and i'd heard about it it was like the fabled kingdom of hunza but you know seeing is believing and the picture speaks for itself you can check it out right now on Instagram live amazing because you you're a photographer yourself absolutely and uh, was this like a point of inspiration for you you were just like i have to capture this absolutely there's like untouched landscapes uh, like i said beyond the imagination when i got there i was just spellbound um i decided in fact back in 2015 i decided to embark on a on journey of northern pakistan over 3 months i circumnavigated the whole of northern pakistan and i climbed some of the you know the most amazing peaks um saw the most amazing people i came across the kalash uh, valley, uh, the kalash people they're like uh, some say the descendants of alexander the great uh, 3000 year dynasty uh, i met with the old and wise people who were just you know going about their business and sitting down with them and just discussing life it was just amazing wow that that is that is something else because it's like another world um it's something else that we uh we rarely see um and 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 this is the thing about what you do you decided to make pakistan your focus you are a, a like a, a a travel blogger and a photographer but pakistan is very much your focus i think um for me uh, we rarely hear about pakistan you know in the news or anywhere else it's always um negative things and i think it's it's just skewed completely in the wrong direction particularly when you hear um things like uh, pakistan becoming the 2018 uh top destination for uh the british backpacker society um 2019 you know you've got forbes naming it on the list of places that you must visit um it's incredible there's you know this big this big gap so tell us about that what you were trying to do um and and what happened there so um having come back from my uh, sojourn so to speak uh of that 3 month d- journey I, uh, i you know i came to the conclusion that for whatever reason uh, the media doesn't portray it in the right concept and i thought if i can do what i can i will and i want to bridge the gap between the people that no one don't know yes. um and and you know build the bridges of cooperation and cohesiveness mm. uh the people were very warm and very hospitable so friendly absolutely um i was i mean even though i was born and raised in the uk in a, in an ethnic background in my in my household i was just taken aback by the hospitality that i received in northern pakistan when they found out that i was you know from outside whether it's from karachi or abroad they were like how can we be of service to you wow and i've never experienced that ever in fact i nearly got tearful because i was thinking but you know it's it's just mind boggling it is beautiful the hospitality uh, the way that people welcome you with open arms the food uh, th- there is 
nothing that you know that that is not to like about this place. Absolutely. And unfortunately, it's one of those things that one of those places that really people are not thinking about and is not really uh, at the forefront for people's travel destinations. So. Uh, this is something that we're going to be talking about today. What is there to see? The secrets of the Hunza Valley. Uh, have you heard about the Blue Zones? These are the places where people live the longest on earth. And the Hunza Valley in Pakistan is one of them. We're talking to Kabul Wazir Mir, the, the man who is so extraordinarily dressed today, looking absolutely amazing. <laughs> you. If you've got questions, send them in for him. This man is an expert on Pakistan, on the place. Uh, and we would love to hear from you. Tell us what you think. Think of the outfit as well. Uh, more coming up next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Keeping it local all day, every day. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Talking the incredible place that is uh, Pakistan. It's incredibly diverse as well with uh, Kabul Wazir Mir. He is a, a, a travel blogger and photographer and somebody who's extremely passionate about uh, his home country. Uh, you are from the UK, but this is your heritage. This is the place uh, of your ancestors, uh, an incredible place that is Pakistan. We need to talk about uh, Gilgit Baltistan. This is the region where you can find, uh, it, it's really a hidden gem um, for nature lovers, uh, for those uh, who love trekking, who love mountain climbing as well. It is the place of the Hunza Valley. There is so much to talk about here. Where do we start, Kabul? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, when you get there, it's it, it defies imagination. And I mean to say that... It, in all respects, the mountains are so high that you'll probably strain your neck just looking at them. They're the world's biggest mountains there Absolutely. in Pakistan, aren't they? Absolutely. So five of the, uh, five of the 8,000 meter and above mountains are in Pakistan. Wow. K2 being the second highest mountain in the world. Um, and uh, yeah, so where do I start? You look at the landscape and literally when you're at a peak and you look down, it's just mesmerizing because, okay, it's lush, it's green, it's it's just magical. I remember getting up in the morning and just before dawn, waiting for dawn to creep, the sun rays to creep. And I got to see the first sun rays, like, just, just beam down on the mountain. And it was just known as heaven on earth. And the yes. people call it heaven on earth. But when I saw it myself, it was magic. But then you talk about the people the people are even more beautiful than the place mm. um very friendly very warm very hospitable there's an energy and vibrancy to that place that i can't it's it's like i said it, it's beyond comprehension you feel this energy you feel vibrant you feel very happy you feel very content um the water the nature the food uh, let's talk about the water, for instance, and the vegetation. So they're very much into nature, the people. And I give you an example. I was talking about this earlier on. Um, apricots and cherries, for example. Apricots are one of their main condiments. And they use that in all aspects of their life and the food. And it just so happens that um, the seeds 
the seedling from the apricot. Mm. Even that they didn't discard. Mm. So they would like churn that and make it into into their uh, curries, for instance. Into they, like a paste. Absolutely. They it, Because it's like an almond. If you've ever like eaten a peach and you found the seed inside, it's kind of like an almond. And, right. And they, they even use that. They don't waste anything. Absolutely. But it gets even better because it turns out that um, uh, uh, scientists found out that there is a high concentration of... I th- I'm not sure if it's B19 or B21 vitamins, mm-hmm. uh, and it's known as the cancer killer. Wow. So you can imagine uh, the people are very, very healthy. They're turning to 18, 90 years old, if not more now. Um, and if you have that apricot seedling, believe me, it's a bit sour, don't get me wrong, but it's very good for you. That's amazing. And yeah. the other thing is, uh, because obviously, you know, they're very much self-sufficient uh, they grow everything that they eat. Um, you mentioned apricots and cherries. They're some of the things that they're famous for there. Absolutely. What else? Apples. Apples as well. Absolutely. Like, for instance, um, i give you an example. You have, uh, going back to cherries, every year, springtime, cherry blossom. Oh, And the Japanese come specifically for that. The Japanese, who were famous for their own cherry blossoms, they come to Pakistan for that. yes. Uh, they come, it's known as Sakura, and the, the valley is just like shed with just pink. Just pink. The valley wow. is just, wow. I remember meeting a busload of, this was in October in autumn, so there's different seasons and different, you know, there's a magic to it in, in all aspects on the different seasons. I remember being at the hilltop, and I, I met a busload of Thai old age pensioners. I'm like, what are you doing here? They're like, well, we heard about Pakistan and we wanted to see if this was heaven on earth. And I said, is it? And he's like, yes. And now we're going to go back and tell the world. Wow. So, it's really, it's it's one of those hidden gems that everybody's got to just really experience, don't they? Absolutely. But something we've got to get to is the water. The water, it just, um, it, it's something you hear about all the time. It's like this legend of the water of the Hunza Valley. Tell us about the Hunza Valley. Why is it so special? And what's in the water? <laughs> So, so many have claimed that, you know, there are, there are a number of blue zones in the world, around five or six, uh, from Okinawa to uh, Sardinia and California and uh, South America. But there's one, in Hunza, there's one in Northern Pakistan, Hunza Valley. And there was a scientist by the name of Dr. Glanagan and Dr. Kornada uh, from uh, Romania. And they spent decades to, trying to understand why these people live for so long. Mm. And even the I think elders, Doctor Kawanda, yep. spent six decades studying the water Absolutely. and trying to understand the place. Yeah, yeah. So they both spent a long, long time, and they've got a lot of accolades in in terms of uh, uh, the science behind water. And if seventy percent of your body is water, it's the most important ingredient, right, in your body. And if you've got that kind of water, well, it turns out that they say there's an extra hydrogen isotope in the water that gives. You know that alkali context, so you know you're vibrant. You're 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 alive. The water itself is alive, absolutely. Which means that you're more alive when you drink it, absolutely. Did you bring any back for us? And you know what I did? Uh, <laughs> I brought some for myself, <laughs> and I cobbled in. <laughs> we need some of this water. Yeah, it's we need somebody uh, to get us some of that Hunza Valley yeah, water. It's 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 something else. Uh, do you feel it? Do you feel the difference when you drink it? You know, there's a lot of things that I feel. The energy, even when, when I drink the water, 
you know, you don't get it instantaneously. But when you have that organic food, like imagine the food that grows, everything that grows from there is derived from the water. Exactly. Right. It's the source. Right. So if you've got like vegetation, high in nutrients, you're going to be like tip top. Anything, anything you have from there. And obviously, like you said, it, it just... Um, you know, it it is what feeds the environment and then it's what feeds the people. And uh, surely this is the secret to it all. Absolutely. I mean, I give you an example. I, I brought I brought this picture uh, from my laptop to show you. That is to just give you a description of you looking outside, you looking literally on the balcony of. Wow, that's extraordinary. Right. And that is a view. And if you look out to, to that, if that's your view, if that's where you are, looking out at the mountains and the mountain peaks and, you know, basically like because it's it's so high up, obviously, uh, you're looking at the clouds or you're within the clouds yourself. Absolutely. That just does something else to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. that feeling, you know, of that would give you a whole different feeling of well-being, wouldn't it? Well, definitely, because you've got pure oxygen. You've got like the winds of the Himalayas. You've got three mountain ranges that connect with each other. The Karakuram, the Himalayas and the Hindu Kush, right? Mm-hmm. You've got like mountain peaks. You've got beautiful, beautiful, crisp air. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's cold. Don't get me wrong. But it's it gives you that vibrancy. So beautiful oxygen, beautiful food, beautiful water and beautiful people. What more do you need? Unbelievable. That's amazing. We're going to come back next, uh, Kabul, and talk about uh, the things that you can do in Pakistan. I want to talk about the incredible food, uh, the clothing, the cashmere, the wool. Oh, my gosh. How much more is there to talk about? There's so much to talk about with this amazing man, uh, Kabul uh, Wazir Mir. He is with me in the studio. If you've got questions, comments, do send them through. Have you been to Pakistan yourself? Uh, let us know. Uh, and you can get in touch as well. 4215 on two On Do More on Life Beats next on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Oh my gosh. We're talking about so much here with a couple was your mirror. I've got to ask you about your name. How'd you get the name Kabul if you're Pakistani? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about more important things in a, in a minute, like um, the, the best places to visit in Pakistan, the, the food, the fruit, the national fruit of Pakistan, which is the coolest thing ever. But you, look, tell us about your name. There's, there's a story behind this. Um, there is. <laughs> I didn't believe it, actually. Um, I was named by a fakir, one of those dervishes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm talking those ancient mystical types. And my mum was like... But you were in England. Yes. So my mum, years and years ago, um, my grandfather, who's a spiritual man of sorts... Um, he was very much with the spiritual community and this gentleman, a fakir, came along and uh, said, there'll be two children to come into this world, me and my brother, and they'll be named as this. And they, and my mum and dad named me as such. And yeah, that's the that's the short story of it. <laughs> Kabul Wazir. Yes. Amazing, amazing. Um, okay, so, and now we're going to be talking more about uh, the, because Pakistan, like we said, is so diverse. 
lots of different things and places to visit right now, in fact. It is the winter 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 wonderland, isn't it? Absolutely. So they have a ski resort, uh, Malamjaba in Swat Valley, mm. and people are flocking there because they've had the most amount of snow in in years. It's just spectacular. So stunning. Absolutely it's incredible. You, you saw the picture, right? Incredible. And people just walking on the lake. We're going to have these on our social media as well. So don't fret, everybody, because you know there, there are photos here. You haven't released these photos. That's why they're not up yet. Absolutely. They're going to be part of a book that you are putting together of your photography, your incredible, beautiful photography Thank of this you. place. Thank you. Um, but yeah, those mountain peaks are just breathtaking. Well, I don't ski, but I'm just, I need to go there. Here's one of them to show you. Wow. Just check that out on Instagram Live at the moment. But let's let's keep talking about that. You know, you've got the Azure uh, lakes where people are ice skating as well right now. Right. So, uh, in fact, Gulf News printed an article today yeah. about Winter Wonderland in northern Pakistan. Amazing. People are just flocking from all over. And it, I mean, from abroad, but locally as well. And they're just, you know, they're just spellbound by the beauty. You got like blue, crystal blue lakes. Yeah. And you're walking on that and you're talking people from Lahore and Karachi. They've never seen this, let alone the outside world. So it's huge. Um, there's, Like I said, there's a ski resort in Malamjaba. Um, in fact, they're thinking of uh, uh, creating and operating a number of ski resorts in in Pakistan as well, in northern Pakistan. So you're going to see a lot of tourism coming. Um, Atabad Lake in uh, in uh, Hunza Valley, not far from Hunza Valley. We got a great question actually. Hi, Doris. Uh, Doris is uh, watching on Instagram Live. She's like, "I'm so excited by this. It's getting more and more tempting as you speak, Kabul, about Pakistan. She wants to visit." But she's asking, how do people get to the Hunza Valley? Like, what are the logistics behind that? Right. So, um, tourists fly from Islamabad. So, the main international airport is in Islamabad. And then from there, it's an hour's flight mm. to Gilgit. Mm. Um, and then it's a, a one and a half, uh, an hour and a half, two hour journey to Hunza Valley. But there are other pristine locations. There's Skardu, uh, which is another beautiful, that's like the... That's known as Mountain Heaven. That's the base of the eight thousand meter, the five eight thousand meter mountains. You've got Shan Shandur top as absolutely, well, absolutely called the roof of the world. Yes, yes, at three thousand seven hundred meters as well. Well, the the it's the highest polo range in the world. No way. Yeah, polo. So you, yeah, polo. <laughs> yeah, they they say it's where it all began. Um, so you have got different teams from rival rival uh, 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 towns and villages. That come on their horses and they really look after their horses. Yeah, they they really they really work hard. It's about honor, respect, whoever wins, you know. That's fantastic. I love this. Um, and and obviously, you know, this is a place of history as well. Um, but uh, certainly, there is something to see and there is something to do in every season, isn't there? There Absolutely. isn't a time of the year Absolutely. that you wouldn't be visiting where you wouldn't see something new. And that's Absolutely. the incredible thing about it, right? Absolutely, yeah. So you, you've got like, I mean, tourism is starting to open up even more now. Mm -hmm. uh, the Minister of Tourism is actively uh, engaging the different stakeholders to to promote uh, uh, tourism as a uh, Pakistan as a destination. So from the north, you've got uh, the Trekkers Paradise, yeah. right? Um, you got... And then you, you come to Peshawar, for instance. Um, it's the frontier. It's the frontier town. But 
you go to like Lahore, for instance, mm. and that is known as the cultural capital. You got the, uh, there's a hu- huge art scene there. Um, they got some uh, old uh, Mughal relics. You've got the Bachahi Masjid, the the famous, uh, I think it was the 16th or 17th century uh, mosque um, uh, built by Aurangzeb, uh, one of the rulers of the Mughal dynasty. Um, and you've even got Karachi. I mean, you've got a population of 200, 200 odd million, right? And even they, uh, there's a big market for the local population who've never been to Pakistan. Right. In, uh, in, the, uh, in the different regions. In of the Pakistan. different regions, right. yeah. So people are coming from Lahore and Karachi to the north people from the north are going to the south let alone the international Amazing. audience I love that you got to talk to us about the food mm. what's your favorite thing this is difficult you know we we need two hours just to cover the food but I want to get your top tips when people go what do they have to eat you know if you go to Lahore you got to have the Lahore Karai uh, what is it you got to describe it go on it, it's uh, it's so they're very much into meat eating uh, they're very much meat eaters so you've got a uh, uh, mutton um, garnished in herbs and spices with that aromatic flavor and you, so so the meat tenderized in a wok oh beautiful if you go to Peshawar for instance there's there's a famous street known for the karai and that's the Peshawar karai it takes an hour and it's cooked in the fat itself and then you wow. got the chapli kebab in Peshawar. That's like beef patties, mm-hmm. but you've got you know garnished in onions, spices, ginger, pomegranate. You know the whole shebang. Beautiful. And this is secret. The the you known as the ustaz. The ustaz is the man who cooks it. He's been there for years, and there's a lot of respect for the cook. I love that. Ustaz means the master. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And he's not called that for nothing. No, no, no. Oh I mean, my goodness. So people flock from all over. Um, like I said, you know, it's very much a, a meat eating, meat eaters heaven. So mutton, uh, lamb, chicken, um, you got chicken curry, lamb curry, um, you got dumpukt. Again, food is quite rich, right? Yes. And you have to re- realize, you know, in places like, um, you know, Gilgit, Baltistan, uh, the mountainous regions as well. Yeah. These are mountain climbers. Absolutely. So that's why the food would be richer than what you might be used to, but you've got to try it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Organic as well. Oh, right? it, so, there's nothing like it. You know, there's a famous uh, soup, Daudu soup. Um, it's like a, a, a rich pasta-like soup. Uh, it's a bit, uh, it's less spicy. So the north is less spicy than the south. The south is a lot spicier, Lahore, Karachi. But the north, I was just in love with the soup and the cherry drink. Like if you're in the right season, I mean, we just went recently with a group of mine and we went to um, take a taste of the cherry, the cherry drink. Is it like a cherry juice? What is cherry it? Cherry juice. Yeah. Right? Oh, wow. And it's, the, the when we tasted it, uh, one of my friends was like, we need to ask the, the gentleman the waiter to see if it's uh, got any sugar in it. So we went and asked and they're like, no, this is organic, fresh cherry juice. It's just the fruit. Oh my it's goodness. Wow. And the national fruit of this country, which is just what that's, that's a reason to love it on its own, is of course. The mango. Mangoes. Love it. What do and, they do with mangoes, please? And the famous mango, is, sorry, the, the, yeah, I was going to say the famous mango is the chonsa. It's small. 
in size or packed with enough nutrients and enough flavor. Super sweet. Very sweet. Gorgeous. Very sweet. And they export that all over the world. It's the main product oh. in the fertile valleys in the Punjab. I love it. I love it. I love it. We're getting so many amazing tips from uh, Kabul over here about visiting Pakistan. You're going to have to put this on your travel destination list because there isn't a single season where you can go where you won't find something amazing there. I'm excited. I'd love to go. That would be fantastic. Um, we've got more coming up next on Life Feeds on Pulse95. Life Beats Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, we are back with uh, Kabul. Kabul, you were telling me that um, Islamabad is in fact uh, one of the world's greenest and cleanest cities. I did not know this. Yeah, so originally Karachi was the capital city uh, and the, in the 1960s um, the leader of Pakistan he decided to uh, you know, create a new city in Islamabad, and it was you know designed by a Greek architect. So it's 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 designed literally by it's scaled, mm. right? So you got F one, F two, F three, F four, and so forth. But it's surrounded by these beautiful mountains, that are known as the Margala Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, people go trekking from like in the city in the weekends. They just go, and it's just surrounded by beautiful mountains, uh, and it's very green, very green inside and on the outside perimeter as well. Um, I guess that's why the people are so lively as well. All that oxygen, all that relaxation and there so forth. There is so much. There is like the, what you're talking about, that liveliness carries through everything. Absolutely. In Pakistan, everything from the water, the food uh, and also the art and the culture. We're going to talk about that uh, because, you know, tell us a bit more. Describe a little bit about what you're wearing. And I want to talk about, you know, because the handicrafts, the fabrics, the clothing that comes out of Pakistan is legendary for right. being incredibly beautiful. The embroidery, the beading, the colors, right. the fabrics. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Where do I begin? Yeah. Uh, like the handicrafts, they're very passionate about, about their handicrafts. Uh, it's an art yes. in itself. So, you know, there are, there are certain places where the story itself is woven in the detail, the story of their lives, right? Even in the carpets, right? I mean, Afghanistan and Iran are known for their carpets, but when you go to Pakistan as well, they're known for their car- uh, carpets and they've they've woven their history in it. It's yes. an oral history, yes. right? It's not written back in the day. So everything was like the bard back in the day would be telling his stories and, and you know, around the, around the fire, but you'd get the artisan creating that concept, right? Shawar kameez is the national dress, which I'm wearing. It's very, very, very comfortable. It's it's two pieces of cloth, but it's slit in the middle, and uh, and obviously the hat. I love the hat. You got to tell us more about this hat. It's hot. It's, <laughs> it's made me, of wool, right? It is cashmere, mm, and uh, the feather on top is a mark of respect of the north. Um, it's in a, you know when they say I've got a feather in my cap, yes. so to speak. So that was legendary back in the day. That's where it comes from. And not only that, it, it so happens that some say that it was from the Greeks as well. The hat came from the Macedonians, wow. right? So there's so many different angles. Um, it's it's there's so many different influences, absolutely, that have come into Pakistan. But then again, at the same time, 
Pakistan has brought so much to the rest of the world. Absolutely. Because, you know, here in the Middle East, in the UAE, the influence on food and fashion and, and so many other things as well. Right. Yeah. And and even, even you've you got my footwear. Yes. This is known as the Pishauri Chapel. you got to check out the, the shoes as well. Yeah. So these are like leather made, hand stitched. Uh, in fact, Imran Khan, the Prime Minister of Pakistan, he even like mentioned this as, uh, you know, as the ideal, the Peshawar Chapel. And it became very famous, actually. I'm not going to mention the designer, but even they tried to appropriate this as their own. <laughs> it's, you know, that happens exactly. When, when you find something good, uh, you try to make your own version as well. Absolutely. Um, but as well, you know, you can find the incredible cashmere shawls. Absolutely. Um, the shawl kameezas, even for the women, I just... I'm in love. I'm yeah. in love with yeah. the clothing. Yeah, it's it's very vibrant, very colorful. Beautiful designs. Um, the truck art. Yeah, oh my gosh. We've got to talk about the trucks. Yeah, they, they, I mean. They're decorated in the most extraordinary way. Right. So back in the day, it was to actually, so the buses, they were even like, if you go, you'll see the buses are like illuminated with different colors and the kaleidoscope of colors, they just like bedazzle you. Yeah. And that was to actually promote you know, get 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 the customers on board. So the Karakurum Highway, as an example, is is like they call it the eighth wonder of the world. Um, it's it's the highest paved road in the world, and it reaches to China and beyond. Right. So you get a lot of trucks going through there, and you see them, you know, full to the brim. But you see the art. You got beautiful eagles. You got dazzling colours, and you got stories behind it as there well. There isn't. There isn't like a, a single um, blank space. No. On on the truck. No. Or the tuk tuk, or whatever it is. It's always decorated, and it always looks incredible. Absolutely. In fact, there was a there was a, a picture I shared a few days ago. Someone took, and it was literally full to the rim with colours. It was a tuk tuk. <laughs> In fact, love it. It's just wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So the truck art, the the cashmere wool is famous in the north. Yes. Um, very warm, very warm, and it really so soft though. Yeah, very soft. So beautiful. Very um, soft. we've got a, a a question from Doris. She's asking, "What do you call your hat? What's the name of it?" So does it have a name? Yes. So it has different names. Um, it's called the Chitrali hat because of the north. There's a place called Chitral. It's it's a big region in the north. Um. The Gilgiti uh, people from Gilgit, Pakistan, they call it their own name. Uh, but I call it the Chitrali hat. I've called it Chitrali hat for a long time. But Pakul, the Gilgiti hat, Chitrali hat, a number of names. But do all the same thing. Keep you warm. Amazing. Amazing. We've run out of time. Oh. Uh, but, it, it, you know, just a, a last word. You know, this is amazing. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Um, Kabul, because... Uh, Pakistan is a place that, unfortunately, to the outside world, has a lot of misconceptions about it. And it's through people like you that the locals get to rediscover um, how beautiful the place is. And we, coming from the outside, also get to discover the amazing pleasures of it. So I want to thank you so much. And this is the man, guys. Uh, He is the expert on all things Pakistan, if you want to get there. Um, definitely they can get in touch with you. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Kabul. Thank you for having me on board. I'd just like to thank everyone who supported me in this endeavor. Marlon, Matthew, Joanna, and the rest of the team. <laughs> thank you so much. Fantastic. And thank you very much to all the viewers out there Fantastic. who are watching in this one. We you. loved it. We loved it so much. You're going to have to come back again. Thank we're, you. We're going to uh, do some more, I think. There's a lot we still haven't covered. Um, coming up next... 
What is the life-saving food that 90% of people are not getting enough of? It's cheap. It's available in supermarkets. We're going to tell you next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.